Matt Stepp, it's President's Day. Why doesn't Canada have a president? What, do they think they're better than us? Yeah, I think so. Tepid Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm your international high school football warrior, the Step, That's right. Matt Step. That's right. Coming to you live on tape from, uh, from Cambridge. Ontario. Cambridge, Cambridge, Ontario, yes. All right. What's the weather up there? Uh, it. I tweeted about this yesterday. It's it's been a pretty mild winter for Canadian uh, purposes. It's mm-hmm. it's thirty six right now, which let me tell you, thirty six in, in February in Canada, every every Canadian will take that because mm-hmm. last winter, I think for the mo- entire month of January and February, it never got above twenty mm-hmm. for two months straight. Um, look, so, uh, I'm I'm not here to uh, rub it in, but here I am rubbing it in. Uh, presently, Louisville, Texas, 80 degrees. I heard it was warm in uh, the DFW area for a couple of it's days. So Great. I love Congra- it. Congratulations. I, I, Thank like you. I said, we're, we're celebrating here in Canada. 30, 36 in February is a, is a dub. It's sunny, so we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, this is your February off-season edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a minute, we are going to go through some of the big coaching changes around the state and give you some of the inside scoop as to what's happening at some of these jobs. And then uh, we got this strange letter that I'm going to open. Uh, it says, from a friend. That's interesting. Oh, we'll have to okay, see what that okay. ha- that's all about coming up here at the back half of the show. But first, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Presented by Country Meats. Ah, uh, sweet, sweet, clean Country Meats. The so sweetest good. and the cleanest. It's mm. so good. In fact, uh, how about I tell you a little bit about, a little bit about Country Meats, Greg? Could uh, you? Let's give them a special shout out as they hand Country Meats handcrafts delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams raise money easily. As they have twelve delicious flavors to choose from. Mm, well, reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That discount code is STEP, the number one, the number zero, and you will get 10% off that first order of sweet, clean country meats. Yeah, I mean country meats is so good it's illegal in Canada. That's not true. You, you can't, can bring it to Canada. I think you can bring it, but you can't buy it. You have to yeah. import it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know why? It's, it's too, a luxury it's too, item. It's too delicious. It is. I they think it would get taxed if, pretty heavily at the border. Might have to pay duty yeah. on it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's too good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matthew, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week uh, is a multiple answer question. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, you're getting a little bit of a preview of tomorrow's uh, Math Tuesday here. Okay. Matt Step, there were five, five first year UIL Texas high school football coaches mm-hmm. who improved their team's win total by seven or more games. Five, I'm sorry, six of them. Six uh, coaches who, in their first year at the helm, improved their team's win total by seven or more games from the year before. So in 2021 to 2022, they increased their win total by seven or more wins. Matt Step, I'll give you three guesses. How many can you name? I know, let me see, I know one for sure, because I just wrote a little something about him, uh, Hmm. and that is Tyler Morton at Atlanta. That is right. They went from 0 and 10 to 7 <laughs> and 4. Um, how did Craig Horn at Axtell do? That's an excellent guess, but sadly incorrect. He's only plus six. Uh, okay. He went from 2 and 8 to 8 and 3, which is still, I mean, okay. oh no, he only improved them by six yeah. wins. Did you see he was involved in a wrestling thing uh last night i did see was that last night 
Yes, there's video of him. I need. I'll send you the video. It's in, in Slack. It's it's amusing. It's, is he the uh, is is like special guest referee? Yeah, he yeah he got uh, clearly he got involved in the match. So wearing his Axtell Longhorns hat, which was oh I love it. We need more <coughs> more Craig, high school coaches uh, in. Uh, we need more high school coaches getting involved in professional wrestling. Yes, oh, sorry, go Craig, ahead. Craig Horn's got a lovely uh, locks of hair as well. I'm jealous of him. Um, yeah. Uh, how about? How about Jeremy Jenkins at Harmony? That is an excellent question, or that's an excellent guess, but not so. Because remember, they only won nine games last uh, last year because okay. of the because yeah. of the weirdo uh, thing. They let's see, they went from let me see, uh, Harmony. They were uh, they they only were plus two because they went from seven oh. and four to the very strange nine and six rest nine and six yeah they okay. did you know what sucks and this is something that because my brain is broken in a very specific way all I think all I think is like oh man they don't even get credit for a ten win season in the program rankings mm-hmm. <laughs> brutal um, how did Jodell carry it at Brazoswood? Uh, another excellent guest, but sadly he does not make that uh, the list. Let's see, Brownwood. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is not going as well as I was hoped. I was hoped it would. Let's see, uh, Brazoswood. Uh, the year before he arrived, they went seven and four this year. The year before he arrived, he was four and six. They were plus three. Uh, um, I'll give you one more guess. Let's go with Nick Williams at Booker. Uh, another excellent guess, but also. Dang. Not correct because they went one and eight last year in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty one rather, and then he went four and five. Here's your here's your six coaches that went uh, improved their team by seven wins. Ready? All right. All right. Tyler Morton in Atlanta, as you got mm-hmm. this one, you're going to be mad at uh, Steve Huff at Decatur. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Four okay. and seven to eleven and four. Shane Fletcher from Honeygrove. We probably didn't talk enough about what a great year Honeygrove had. They really did have a knock. They did have a. They got knocked out by. I want to say, uh, who did? Never mind. I, I, I remember watching their playoff game. Yeah. They lost on highlights and thinking they had a good year. Another under the radar one. Brad Mulder at Lavernia took them from two and nine to nine and three. Okay, which is very impressive. Ru- Ruben DeLeon at Pearsall, Texas Football Today's own, took them from zero mm-hmm. and ten to seven and four, and another zero and ten to seven and four. The home of the glass bathroom, Sulphur oh, Springs. Brandon, Brandon Faircloth, Faircloth. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He, they all went plus seven in the win total. So there you a, have it. A tap and step treasure, game. glass bathroom talk. <laughs> Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Tune in for more of this talk tomorrow on Texas Football Today as we do Math Tuesday. All right, Matthew, let's run through some of the latest news and notes in, in the coaching change world because you've been a madman uh, updating busy. the coaching change page because this, uh, this is the time. This is uh, yeah. we're, right, we're right in the thick of it, the thick with we two are. C's. We are. Um, I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out how many we've had so far. Well, well, I'll tell you that in a minute, but you okay. can go ahead. Yeah. So let's start. And so here's what I'm literally going to do. I'm going to pull up TexasFootball.com. Go to the coaching changes page, and we're going to talk about the ones that kind of pique my interest as far as changes are concerned. We'll start with a couple of hires in the DFW Metroplex and some powers. Uh, start with Arlington Martin. Arlington, Arlington Martin has promoted Chad Reeves, their offensive coordinator, um, to uh, to become their uh, their next head coach. You and I had kind of talked about it, about how we thought the tea leaves were reading that Arlington ISD was going to stay uh, – a local, at least within Arlington ISD, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and they end up just staying in house and, and promoting Chad Reeves. Yeah, not not a huge surprise there with, with Coach Reeves getting, getting the uh, you know the job there mm-hmm. at um, at Martin. He's been there for a while. He's been a trusted assistant of uh, Bob Wager, and they've had a lot of success. You know, when when you have a program that's had a lot of success, it's not a huge surprise uh, <clears throat> or a huge su- shock. When you go internal, and, and honestly, you should reward that success. So those yeah. guys have done a great job there. Coach Wager leaves. He, he, you would hope that over his time, he's groomed groomed a successor uh, to step in and take his place. And, and clearly, Arlington ISD feels that way uh, with Coach Reeves taking over there at Martin. So let's put a bow on the saga of Cedar Hill. Mm-hmm. So Cedar Hill opens in December, right? No, it was November 14th. November 14th. 
on November 14th, Carlos Lynn resigns uh, and eventually lands there at Crowley, which we may talk about here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we already talked about that, actually. Um, they have now, on February 6th, made a hire. So the entirety of December, the entirety mm-hmm. of January, all elapse uh, before they go and they hire Nick Ward. Nick Ward, the Midlothian uh, defensive backs coach and a former Cedar Hill assistant himself. He's got ties to Cedar Hill. Uh, I'll just say this. What can you tell us about the uh, the search that led them to Nick Ward? I think in my article, I, I, I couched it as a long and winding road mm-hmm. uh, to get to this point. It was. I mean, I mean, it, it was not a smooth search at all uh, on C- for, for Cedar Hill. They they made you know, to their credit, they proactively identified several candidates that I think they wanted to talk to and, and try to bring in to, to discuss the job. And for multiple re- multitude of reasons, those candidates that they identified uh, had no interest in the job. And that's, you know, I think Cedar Hill ISD, most would probably probably deny that. Uh, but I, I know for a fact they brought people in to talk to them and they offered the job at least once, probably twice, and it was turned down for whatever reason. So, you know, I think I don't think, you know, that's something that uh, I, I think it's a matter of Cedar Hill is not the job that it once was three years ago, or definitely wasn't the job that it was when Joey McGuire first left and went to Baylor. It's a program that's fallen behind their, the people they're competing with right there in the, in the Southern sector. You know, they're competing with the, the DeSotos, the Duncanvilles, the Lancasters, the Red Oaks, the Midlothians. They're, they're co- competing with all those teams in the Southern sector. And they're, they're, they're a step behind probably two or three steps behind their, their facilities are aging. They, the athletic setup is not great. The assistant pay is not great. It, it's a tough situation right now. And, they they struggled last year and, and uh, you know I think Coach Ward's a good coach he obviously has um, mm-hmm. he did a great job there at Midlothian this year as a part of a staff that did a heck of a job there at Midlothian but but you're talking about Cedar Hill a premier program at one point you would think they'd hire someone you know no offense to Coach Ward but he's the DB coach at a five A school with mm-hmm. no coordinator experience no head coaching experience and that's that's the direction they went so. I, I think Coach Ward's got connections in the community. Community, I think he's got um, ties to the area, and I think he'll be able to try to retain some of the talent that Cedar Hill may have, has may have lost over recent years to some open enrollment districts around them. But it, it's a long road, and it, it was a it was not a smooth search by any means, and well, that's just unfortunate for Cedar Hill. Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I think that let me put it this way. I think that a lot of this blame for the way that we're talking about Cedar Hill rests with Allen. Now, hear me out on this. Let me finish. I think that when Allen, the last time, I guess two times ago, when Allen came open, right, when Tom Westerberg left to go to Barbers Hill, and that job comes open, they go and they hire Chad Morris. And Chad Morris. Is when, Terry, an ex- when Terry Gamble left, when Terry Gamble, when Terry left. Gamble left, I'm like, yes, yes, when yeah. Terry Gamble left, I mean, uh, um, when Terry Gamble left, when they go and they hire Chad Morris, and Chad Morris was as splashy a hire as you can make at a premier, especially DFW height, like state championship caliber high school football program. Chad mm-hmm. Morris is a four, I mean, that was a former SEC head coach. They went and they they hired as their head coach. And I do wonder if we are judging the Cedar Hill search or at least the result of it, because Nick Ward is an outstanding football coach. He's, he's, he's not, but he's not Chad Morris. He's not that kind of splashy name. And I wonder if that is the kind of thing where we are, maybe we are letting the, who he's not dictate the way we talk about the job. Um, I know that there's things behind the scenes that were a little bit like, you know, uh, that, that you've told me that that it was just it was a rough and tumble search. But I do I, 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 I would caution people to 
look at this job, look at this hire, not necessarily measured against other programs on their level, like the Allens of the world, things like that, and instead measured on its own merits. Uh, you know, the search was probably not what people thought it was going to be. It was probably a little bit not, it was not probably as, not as efficient as you'd like. Yes, exactly. But yeah. I do think that if you're looking at this compared to other to other hires, I I think that's doing Cedar Hill and Coach Ward a disservice. That's a small bit mm-hmm. of um uh, I think devil's advocate to this. That I well, don't disagree with you, and I know you've done the reporting on the back end that this was a search that. They were, you know, looking for. They were looking at, at multiple candidates, and, and and they ended up looking at multiple candidates. But I do think that that should not reflect on Nick Ward because I think they went and got themselves a heck of a of a football coach. Sometimes a splashy hire is not always the best hire. Look at yeah. look at Allen. Look look at how mm-hmm. how how that went. You know, it didn't go. I mean, no, Chad Morris didn't have a terrible year the one year year he was at Allen, but I, I don't think when he was hired, people at Allen were like, we're going to have this guy for one year and he's going to mm-hmm. be gone. So, you know, I, I think it's not always the best. I think I think Coach Ward is a good football coach, and, and I think, you know, if you're looking at it from a positive standpoint, let's look at what Lancaster did when they hired Leon Paul a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. I he think that's was, a great avatar. Yeah, you know, that they people were kind of, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, poo-pooing on that hire, and he's done a pretty good job. The two is in his two. Mm-hmm. I think they're back to back ten and two. He's twenty and mm-hmm. four as a head coach, um, so he's done a good job. So I, I think that's the kind of thing you're hoping that it it turns out to be like that. Now, now, Coach Paul didn't isn't taking over a team that went two and eight and has two state champions in his in his yes. district. But I think that that's the kind. I think if you're Cedar Hill, what you want to see in 2023 is progress. You want to see, uh, you know, I think I think if, if Nick Ward goes four and six, five and five in year one with that schedule, he, mm-hmm. he's done an amazing job. I think what you got to hope for is improvement this year, realignment year this coming up. He gets a little bit more manageable than non-district schedule and can start to build things up kind of from the ground up there because you know there the problem for for nick ward is that his his let me let me let me read to you the nick ward's first five games as a head football coach <laughs> uh-huh. and just tell you kind of what what we're dealing with here uh his first five games as a head football coach is against rockwall Arlington martin south lake carroll waxahachie duncanville <laughs> i mean he could be he could be don shula and go one and four yeah, I mean, and then and then you get a bye week, and then you get Mansfield, who was seven and four last year. Mm-hmm. You get a break with Skyline, and then you got Desoto. So, yeah. I mean, seven of their first eight games are against playoff opponents from last year, and I believe every single one of them, six of the seven, are multi-round playoff teams. So mm-hmm. it's a really tough schedule for Cedar Hill going into 2023. And and I think their superintendent in the school board meeting even said that when they were kind of, you know, when the discussion about Nick Ward being approved was made, I think he said, look, you know, we need to, we need to understand here. This schedule we have is unlike any, any other we've had in a long time. It's, it's going to be really tough. So I think Cedar Hill fans need to understand that and temper the expectations, at least at the start. I would agree. I would agree. Okay. Anyway, Cedar Hill has their guy. Okay. Um, Staying in, uh, you know, or actually staying in kind of the, the big school market, but um, let's talk about Kirk Martin. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, some so co- Kirk some Martin, Collegeville fans have really wanted to talk about it. There, there's there's some folks that are not real happy in Northeast Tarrant County. I can okay, tell you that. Okay, so 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 Kirk Martin uh, is leaving Collegeville Heritage to go take over at Manville, where he was uh, led them to state championships. He was their coach from twenty eight. 2008 to 2017, wildly, wildly successful. He was wildly successful in his tenure at Colleyville Heritage too. After two seasons yeah. at at Syracuse, like he goes 28 and seven at Colleyville Heritage. Good. That's winning 80 percent of your football games is generally I, thought of as a pretty good record. I forgot he coached at Alpine. Oh man, Kirk Martin's living the dream. Anyway, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's from he, he went to Tur- he played six, uh, Tur- he played at Turkey Valley in high school. I have a lot to talk about with Kirk Martin. Um, you tough guy. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a unique kind of guy. Okay. So when did you first catch wind that, that, that there could be a reunion there with Manville? Um, so for the longest time, I, so I, I, knew that, I knew that Alvin ISD was down to two finalists. 
at the time. And I think it was, it was Monday. I was still in Texas. So we're talking like that, that Monday before I left. So that had been like Monday, February 6th. Um, I gotten word that there were down to two finalists. Um, one was a head coach on the coastal bend. One I thought was a head coach in Houston, but come to find out it wasn't a head coach in Houston. The head coach in Houston confirmed to me that he did not make the finals. So we had the second mystery candidate that I wasn't aware mm. of. And then I had a source, I think the two days before the board meeting where Martin was hired kind of texted me and said, Hey, I think I'm hearing Kirk Martin's coming back to, to Manville. And then I made a couple of calls to uh, some well-placed sources inside of a uh, grapevine Colleyville ISD and did, and did confirm that indeed Martin was the guy um, I sat on it until the board meeting and then tweeted. I, I watched the board meeting cause I, I, I'm a guy who knows how to party. I watched school board meetings <laughs> from um, Canada. Yeah. I watched school board meetings from Canada <laughs> and uh, but, but let's see, my, my wife, she thinks I can, I'm a party animal. Let me tell you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so then I, I, Coach Martin had texted me before the board meeting and confirmed that that he was at the board meeting and he was asked I hold it until every, everything was official. And I texted him back with kind of a funny like, "There's no way they're not going to approve you," uh, but you know, just to be safe, we we held off to the board meeting. So, uh, you know, I, I know I, they they really wanted him, and I think it it you know Alvin ISD just. Him and Kirk, I think Manville's home for Kirk Martin. We're talking about a guy who's from the Panhandle, who played college football in El Paso, who coached at Alpine, who coached at Giddings and Odessa Permian. Mm-hmm. He's been all over the state. He coached at Syracuse. I think Manville's home for him. And I think him and his family are most comfortable there. His kids all graduated from Manville High School. He's had his greatest success as a coach at Manville. And I think it just feels it's home for him. And I think it's it's a homecoming and a reunion for him. Um I think he's a good football coach. I think it's a completely different environment at Manville mm-hmm. now than when it was when when he left, and especially a different environment when he opened that school in 2006. When he when he got to Manville in 2006, it was Alvin, and it, he was opening the second high school. And all that land in Brazoria County was just booming, <clears throat> and it was all going to Manville. You know? mm-hmm. And they were pulling kids – from basically Pearland all the way over <clears throat> into into out the Alvin area, and it's a different different ball game now because Shadow Creek opened up a few years ago, and just Shadow Creek alone, we saw how that impacted Alvin. I mean Manville, Manville immediately took a step back while Shadow Creek wins a state championship in their second year of existence. If Shadow Creek never opens, all those kids are still at Manville. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now you have another high school. Iowa Colony also pulling from Manville. Now they're they're pulling from Manville and Shadow Creek, but Iowa Colony is also in the mix. See a four a four high school ISD now, so it's a completely different landscape than what it was when Martin first opened Manville. Are there still kids there? Yes. Can you still win at Manville? Yes. I think the question is, can you win big at Manville now as it's currently constructed? Yeah, it's really that's that's been my biggest takeaway is if you think that this is like the same job, like it's not. It's it's a totally different job. Now that said, I mean, this is a guy who's been supremely impressive everywhere he's gone. Um, and I would expect nothing less. I would also expect Colleyville Heritage to 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 have a pretty sizable list as well, because they've I mean, you look over their history, they have there's not a spare coach that they've hired. You know what I mean? They've no, had, I mean, we're talking yeah, Joe Willis. Uh, before that, Mike Fuller was there. Mm-hmm. Darren Allman was there. Chris Cunningham was there. They've had some really good coaches come through it, and, and I've I've had several coaches text me about Colleyville Heritage, asking mm-hmm. me what they thought, what I thought of the job. Can you win there? And I, I absolutely think you can win there. They got great facilities. Mm-hmm. They're they have a winning tradition, and the biggest thing for me is that they're they're in Division Two right now. They're five A D two, and they're in Region One. So I, I think Colleyville, you know, the, the big wild card here is is what direction do they go? Todd Raymond, the athletic director at Colleyville, is not from the Metroplex. He's 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 an Austin guy. He came from he was a Flukerville ISD AD before coming to Grapevine Colleyville last year. So this is his first really big hire in the Grapevine Colleyville district. So he's a little bit of a wild card in that we don't really know what direction he's going to go in. And I think because he's not from the Metroplex, he's going to have a little bit more of a statewide reach um, in this coaching search. So we're very interested to see what direction uh, Grapevine Colleyville goes when they make this hire. 
It will be very, very intriguing, but uh, because that that is, I mean, that's still a big job. I mean, this this is a this is a God, like in the NBA, this would be like a blockbuster trade. You know what I mean? Of like he's going from he's leaving one power program to go to another power program, and mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like that other power program's going away. Um, all right, we we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, that Flower Mound Marcus is open. Uh, in and I, I talked about this on tech, uh, TFT today. Um, it, in, in what we could probably call not necessarily, sadly, not surprising, but Kevin Atkinson has retired. If, if you didn't know, Kevin Atkinson is dealing with uh, some pretty serious health issues. He's battling Parkinson's. He had a stroke in 2020. Um, and, and he is, I mean, an all-time great dude. And, and certainly we are, we are thinking about and praying for him and his family. Um, as they're they're battling through this, uh, but but I I know that I know that he you know it it was real I know it was really important for, for him to finish the season to finish the twenty twenty two season and you know mission accomplished he was he was able to do that and and now he can he can retire and and, and focus on his health you know we're certainly and and we're certainly praying for him and, and thinking about him uh, Marcus is a, a nice little job nice little it job is. there it is it's a good job similar demographics to colleyville very very upper middle class even you know pockets of wealth mm-hmm. uh, i would say in that district um Farmer marcus's facilities probably aren't quite as good as colleyville's facilities but they're not far mm-hmm. off the mm-hmm. big difference in this job to me is the neighborhood that they play in colleyville heritage is in a much more manageable neighborhood in 5a division two with fort worth isd mm-hmm. and grapevine high Whereas Flyermount Marcus is in 6A in Region 1 in the Metroplex, and they've got to deal with Louisville, the Plano schools, an up-and-coming Coppell school. Go ahead, Crick. Go ahead, Damn Greg. right. Up-and-coming Coppell. Uh, you know, Hebron's in there, who, who always is dangerous. Uh, Flyermount has had, had their moments. They're in a really good district, and they're in a tough district. And then if you, you know, if you get out, if you get into the playoffs, oh, by the way, you're matched up with District 5, who just has Allen, Geyer, McKinney, and Prosper in it. So they're, they're, they're just in a lot tougher neighborhood. It's a good job, but this, the competition is a lot tougher uh, there at Flower Mound, Marcus. And, and really appreciate Coach Atkinson. He was very gracious. Um, you know, I mean, you know, his health, I mean, he, he, he really had to fight to get through the season. And, and we actually, he, he, you know, if you're you know familiar with, with, with the, he's got a rare form of Parkinson's and, and for him to even speak is, mm-hmm. is a challenge right now, just because, you know, of, of the, the toll that, 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 that illness takes on you. So we had to, te- we had to do all of our communicating via text because he, it's just, it's tough for him right now to, to do that. So, you know, it's, it's, this tells you what kind of a warrior he yeah. is for finishing the football season uh, while battling that illness. So we really hope and pray that he, he, he can, uh, you know, that the doctors can take care of him and he can, he can go find a way to pull yeah. through this thing. Most certainly. Absolutely. Um, going back to the Houston area, uh, Bridgeland has made a hire. They've hired Lonnie Madison uh, away from the Woodlands College Park. Um, I Maybe I'm talking out of turn. Like, I think there there are going to be some people who look at Lonnie Madison as a 31-30 coach at College Park and be like, oh, well, what's the big deal? Um, it's hard to win at College Park. Like, you did a great job that's, there. That's a real – thirty. like, there's we, – we talk a lot about, like, kind of programs are in different kind of stations in, 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 in their existence. And College Park is – was always – and has kind of – all due respect, has kind of always been little brother to the Woodlands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he was able to turn them into a consistent team you do not want to play. And that is something yeah. they've almost never been. Let them do a district their first ever district title. I want to say in 2020, they won mm-hmm. a playoff game for the first time in 2021. A little bit down last year, they graduated mm-hmm. real heavy, but he, he did a great job there. He's got a good pedigree. He was the defensive coordinator on, at Klein Collins before coming to College Park, and some of those great Klein Collins teams that were coached by Drew Savota, who's now at the University of North Texas. There was, you know, I know they made at least one semifinal run and lost to Desoto in the state semifinals when, when Madison was there at Klein Collins. So he, he's a, he's a coach with, with a lot of pedigree. Um, I think he'll do well at Bridgeland. I think, you know, Ray Zepeda and Cypher ISD, typically it's it do a great job of their coaching searches. And they, they, they typically, you look at, you look at some of their recent hires. They've done a great job and Cypher is a, a desirable district to work in. So I, I think kudos to them for, for this hire. I think Bridgeland's in good hands. Uh, David Raffield started that program up and got them going. Uh, 
got Max von Bears trending, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I think Lonnie Madison will do a good job there. And I think I think he's and I think he's taken college more importantly for if you're a fan of the Cavaliers and the Woodlands College Park, he's turned that into a much more attractive job now than it was. He, he left it better than he found it. It's a much more attractive job mm-hmm. now than it was when he took it over uh, there in 2018, I believe. So um, I think Conroe ISD will have a good share of, of quality applicants for that job as well there at College Park. I think, I think that you're right. So keep an eye on that. College Park is now open. Um, uh, let's talk about Canada again. Sure. Um, John Abinchan is, yes. is stepping down. He's going to become associate. He's, he's not leaving. He's taking an associate. Uh, the head coach at Saginaw Boswell, uh, John Abinchan, <laughs> is 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 uh, leaving the head coaching job to become uh, like an assistant athletic director within Eagle Mountain Saginaw ISD. Correct. And certainly, we wish the best for him. But like, who's going to be my favorite Canadian coach now? We don't have a Canadian head coach in the state. We uh. do have an assistant coach. Liberty Liberty Hill has an assistant who's from Canada, Paul Kilby is a Canadian, uh, but he's not a head coach. So our favorite Canadian head coach uh, has uh, no longer a head coach there in John, because John Abinshan, he's an Abilene Cooper uh, mm-hmm. grad, Texas Tech alum, but he was actually born in Canada because his father played in the CFL. So he, when he was born, he was in Canada. So um, our favorite Canadian citizen there, uh, Coach John Abinshan, he, he did a he, – he, he was an institution there in northwest Tarrant mm-hmm. County there at Boswell. Um, and really con- kept Boswell as a consistent – winner despite a lot of growth in eagle mountain saginaw you know when he took over boswell they they were it was you know boswell and saginaw they add chisholm trail they're adding a fourth high school that's going to open in 2024 it's going to play uil football right off the bat in 2024 so there's a lot of growth there boswell moved up you know kind of went to 6a dropped back down when the new school opened now they're back in 6a and just two years ago, he had Boswell in the third, I believe, in the area around the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in class six A, and then this year they had a heck of a team. Uh, really gave gave North Crowley all they wanted in district play. Lost in the first round of playoffs to Byron Nelson, but um, great job there from Boswell. I think this job is going to end up being very similar to Arlington Martin, with the the tenure and the success that Avin Shand has had there at Boswell. Would not surprise me in the least that this is an internal promotion. Uh, from Eagle Mountain Saginaw, from the Boswell staff, moving up to the head football coach position. And, and let me issue another, like, like uh, I'm, I'm going to issue a, a pretty concerning alert. Uh, we are we are not just running out of Canadian coaches. We are running out of Northern coaches, okay? I want you to think about this. Just in okay. the past couple of years, John Abinchin, now stepping out of the high, uh, his head coaching role, uh, Brad LaPlante, famous Minnesotan from Hutto, <laughs> moved into the AD role. Bob Wager, uh, from way up there. Is he from New York? Is he? I think he's from upstate New York. He went to college upstate in Massachusetts, New- though. But yeah, yeah, he's a New Yorker. Yeah, he's he left. He, now he's at yeah. Nebraska. And remember when Mark Del Percio came down from Delaware? Yeah, um, he's gone. Like, what yeah. are we like? What are like? Uh, Jason, remember Jason Strunk, who was at Portis Jason Bell, Strunk. He's yeah. he's an AD now, but he's yeah, he's not. Yeah, but again, like we we are we do not have. Like if you are listening to my voice and you are were born, let's just say north of the Mason Dixon line, um, and you would like to be the official northern coach of Teppensep, please reach out to me. Yeah, uh, Kitna, Kitna's from Washington. Kitna, yeah, Kitna's gone. Kitna, Kitna, oh. did he officially? I know there was a report out there from our friends at Football Scoop that because if you didn't know, John Kitna has resigned from Burleson. That was on TexasFootball.com. Um, but uh, is is the uh, they were saying he was going to go to Ohio? Has that been confirmed? Yeah, yeah. I knew it was a, sc- a high school in Ohio. Um, I just didn't know what the name of the high school was in Ohio. And I think Football Scoop did have uh, Lakota Lakota East High School in Ohio, mm. which I'm going to do a quick uh, Google search and I will tell you where where Lakota East is. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's probably somewhere near Cincinnati because he does have some ties to mm-hmm. there playing for the Bengals and. As I zoom out, I can see that yes, it's basically a, just slightly north of uh, Cincinnati. Okay. So I think I've actually driven right past there before. That's right on I seventy five. That's a very you thing to do. Um, I, I, you know, made that drive a couple times. All right, uh, let's go to San Antonio, uh, or kind of, uh, I, I guess not really San Antonio. We're going to Kyle um, to, uh, but they're they're hiring a San Antonio coach as Kyle Lehman uh, has has hired. Uh, Chris Castillo away from San Antonio Highlands. And um, 
I guess this is of the like the, the only way I can categorize this hire is we're going to go hire a rebuilding expert because mm-hmm. he took over San Antonio Highlands, which has been um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it bad? Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, and he turned them into three straight playoff games, including a share of the district title in 2021, mm-hmm. which is border. It's a minor miracle to do something yeah, like that. Did a great the job Jones. there. Yeah. You and know, now he's going to try to do it at, at Lehman. Yeah. He, he did a really good, you know, if you look at Chris Castillo's record as a head coach, it's, it's not great. He was also at Dallas sunset, which for those of you in the mm-hmm. Metroplex, Dallas sunset's one of the toughest jobs in the state. Uh, didn't win a lot of games there, but, but all everyone I talked to in Dallas ISD, did say how good of a job Castillo did and kind of starting to kind of get sunset he's, their he's, numbers up and that kind of thing. He's good at this rebuilding thing. And he did a he's 18 great, and he's 18 and 40 to your point. Yeah. So the, the record's ugly, but he is a lot better than that record is. Yeah. I'd say most of, I think he may, he may have had a winning record at Highlands though, or at least close to it. So mm-hmm. six and five a, in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Did a good job there. Um, Layman is a, is a really difficult job. You know, when, when Layman opened up, Hayes consolidated ISD really didn't do them any favors. This, it, the way the, setup was that I, I think at the at the the, the in the 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 pulse and Hayes consolidated ISD at the time was very they were very split on even opening a second high school at the time and so they almost made layman they almost set layman up to fail mm-hmm. it's a lot smaller footprint They're, they don't have a lot of room that the campus acreage is a lot smaller than than Johnson or, or Hayes consolidated is it was really set up to not be successful and you can say what you want but there was a lot of a lot of consternation inside of Hayes Consolidated ISD at that time. I think now the now that Johnson's open, Hayes has three high schools. I think there's a lot of people in in the district who really are making a concerted effort to be able to arm laymen with the tools needed to be competitive because they just they simply haven't been competitive since they opened. Uh, I think I know they I know they've never made the playoffs and mm-hmm. they've been around for now. I would say close to 15 years. I'm, I'm checking now. Um, since 2006, they've been around mm-hmm. since 2006. They have one. They went six and four in 2011, and five and five in 2009. Other than that, they've never won more than three games in a season. So we're talking 2006 to 2022. Their all-time record is 36 and 134. So this mm-hmm. is a school that's just never won. And so I, I think there, there is an effort in Hayes Consolidated ISD to make Layman better and to get them competitive. And I think Castillo, with his, his track record of rebuilding, is, is a good hire for them. Uh, to Austin, Austin Del Valley is looking for a head coach as um, Bobby Acosta uh, has left to become uh, the offensive coordinator at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. That's um, correct. I remember it was a big deal when he got hired because he was leaving IMG Academy uh, mm-hmm. where he was the head coach at IMG Academy to come to Del Valley. It, I don't think it went particularly well. Um, they went four and 16 in his two seasons there. Um, it is Del Valley's a Del Valley's a, an interesting job because they're a six, a program and, that is, and and in the Austin area, that means you're going to run into some behemoths sooner as opposed to later, um, and and I don't know, Del Valley, it's it's still a it's still a, I think it's still a high profile job, but I'm interested to see what the applicant pool looks like. It's a Del Valley is a weird place to me because it's 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 most of the most of the school district lies in the city of Austin. Kind of, we're talking. Mm-hmm. That area around the airport and kind of that off the tollway there, it's where there's a lot of development and growth. And Del Valley is a huge school. I mean, it's it's got an enrollment of of almost four thousand kids. There's talk of a second high school coming right now, but there's really not a when I when I've gone there a couple times for games. There's not a, there's not a real sense of community there. Like it's mm-hmm. and so I, I just it's a it's a strange and interesting place. Um, and I think it's going to take a special kind of coach to go in there. And, and, and kind of get everyone pulling in the same direction. They've got great facilities. Their facilities are top notch. They got a wonderful indoor. Their stadium's got some remodeling. It's been, it's in good shape. I, I think the, the the infrastructure is in place to be successful, but I just don't know if they have the talent and they have the everyone pulling. You know, a lot of the kids they 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 seem to matriculate to other schools when they get to the high school level. That they have them in middle school, and then by the time they're they're ninth graders, they're at other campuses. So. I think you, you need. I think they need to hire someone who's got a lot of charisma and has some some credibility locally 
to get those kids. Because I mean, Coach Acosta has charisma, but he's not from he's not from Austin. Yeah. He's not even from Texas, so I don't think he had that credibility with the parents uh, in, in the community. I think you need someone who's going to have that not only charisma but instant credibility with the parents and community and maybe somebody who's who's won a lot of who's won some football games and is a known name uh they can bring in and and get the job done i think it's an attractive job they pay well Mm -hmm. and i think it's a good place to live i think you just gotta get someone in there who 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 can i'll tell you this if if jamal fenner wasn't the head coach wasn't wasn't on staff at university of texas he would have been the first guy i would have called if i was the athletic director at del valley isd Mm mm-hmm if he wasn't mm-hmm. already, if he didn't already have a yeah. really good job on staff at UT, Jamal Jamal Finner would have been. You're talking about yeah. a guy who's won and a guy who's local and a guy who has charisma. But yep. Coach Finner's not on the market, so they'll have to yeah. find someone else. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to have a conversation. I, so I want to talk about one thing, and then I want to just parlay that into another. Plano's made a hire. Plano has hired Cody White to be their head coach. Um, uh, he uh, that may be a name from the past. Uh, he used to be the head coach at Denison uh, prior took, to was took he, the head coach? State, he took him to a state semifinal one year. Was he the head coach before Chad Rogers? Did it yes. go um, mm-hmm. Cody White, Chad Rogers? Okay, correct. Yes. Um, and he, then he left and he went to Tennessee to go to Brentwood Academy and led them to four state championships, four straight state championships. Um, it went 103 and 27 there. Uh, I don't know a ton about Tennessee high school football, so I, I, I can't. I, I, yeah. State championships are impressive. I should be clear. Um, I'm officially ready to declare that things are different under Plano ISD athletic director, Jeff Smith. Absolutely. Uh, and that we, was a thing. Yeah. It, it was when, when, when he took over, there, there was a lot of this, they need to get new blood in there. And they've got now new blood at all three programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. this is now, cause he's a guy who, what, uh, Gerald Brents is a legend there at Plano ISD, and I don't mean to, to to speak ill of Gerald Brents, but the athletic director, like the 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 what you always heard about Plano was when a job came open, they say, okay, well, can are they which Plano guy are they going to go get? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to go get somebody who was within the program, and the and and the athletic department, I think, got rather insular. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Smith gets hired as the athletic director back in February 2020. And now, has he made three hires? Are he all three? He's, he's hired. Uh, when did Sokup get? I know he's hired two coaches at Plano High now because yeah. uh, Todd Ford. Uh, I need to see when Tyler Sokup got hired there at Plano West. He got hired on. No, Sokup was uh, the, the last hire by Brents before. Yeah. But okay. but he's hired two coaches at Plano and one at Plano East. Yeah, and I think all three of them were relative outsiders. Uh, yeah, to, all to, outsiders. yeah, they're all outsiders. And I I think that that is at the we can talk about good, bad or indifferent, but that is definitely different. And mm-hmm. that is not something Plano's had in a while. Yeah, it's 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 completely it's new blood in Plano ISD athletics overall. And, and I think, you know, talking to most people in Plano, they're pretty happy with the job Todd Ford did there at Plano, mm-hmm. which was a little bit of a surprise because they had a they had a pretty qualified internal candidate. That was Todd Ford's offensive coordinator. Uh, the name, you know, Clayton George, who mm-hmm. was Todd Dodge's right hand man for a long time at South Lake Carroll, was kind of the internal candidate. But they went outside, so uh, a little surprised they went outside, considering they were pretty happy with Ford. But you know, Cody White, he, you know, obviously his time in Tennessee speaks for itself. But like I said, he he took Dennis into a state semifinal once, once, and you know, and, and had a relatively good record there there leading the Yellow Jackets. So this is a guy, I think he's a good coach, and I think he'll do a, a good job there leading the Wildcats program. Uh, out East, uh, I think one of the most low-key, superb hires was made by Henderson. Um, Henderson has been looking for a, a head coach uh, for, for a minute, uh, and they go and they hire an alum in Clay Baker at Price Carlisle. Um, and... I think this hire rules. Uh, he's been great at, at, at Price Carlisle, and uh, I, I mean, he. I think that you know, the you you look at what he was able to do. Twenty eighteen got them to twelve and one this first year. Um, twenty twenty one was a, a relative down downturn, but then they go eleven and two in twenty twenty two regional semifinals. I mean, he's been consistently excellent. I think this is a home run hire here from Henderson. Yeah, it checks a lot of the boxes. You're talking about a successful head coach, 
with ties to the area, who's an alum. And I think he's a younger guy who's going to bring some energy and passion into the Henderson program. So this, I mean, this is a Henderson athletic program overall. It's really, really struggled, not just in football, but in all sports. And they've got good facilities there. They've, they've, they've got, again, much like Del Valley, they've got some infrastructure in place. I think they've got, they went kind of young, charismatic with local credibility and local ties. And I, I think that's the right move there for Henderson. So, uh, Tough district, you know they're they're in a really tough neighborhood. You know that district with Chapel Hill and Kilgore and Lindale is, is not for the faint of heart in Class Four A Division One, but I I, I feel like Henderson uh, made a really good hire here. I think so too. Down on the coastal bend, um, I want to talk about uh, uh, Sweeney. I think also made an outstanding hire as well in Jay Seibert, um, uh, uh, leave it, uh, from Rockport Fulton. Uh, hiring him away from uh, from Rockport Fulton is uh, outstanding. Uh, Clayton Clayton Odom was the head coach. He left after two years to go take an assistance job within KDISD. Uh, but Jay Seibert has been uh, really really good at everywhere he's been. Whether it was at Troy before he was at Rockport Fulton, um, he's been really good, especially at Rockport Fulton. And I think for Sweeney, they got to feel really good about what they what they got at head coach uh, with head coach in, in Jay Seibert. And they also got a quarterback as well. His son, Ace yeah. Seibert's going to come with them. And I think his younger daughter's a really good volleyball player too. So they've got uh, a couple of good athletes to, to add to the program there. Um, Seibert did a heck of a job there at Rockport. They, they kind of morphed their offense from being a true slot T team to running running what he calls the gun T offense to take advantage of his son's uh, abilities to throw the football. It'll be interesting to see if they keep that same scheme there at Sweeney or if they open it up a little bit more, because Sweeney usually does have some pretty pretty mm-hmm. good athletes. Um, and the key for Seibert there at Sweeney is going to be, uh, Sweeney's had some elite, elite baseball teams in the past, but a lot of those baseball kids have not been coming out for football. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the key, is going to be if he can get some of those kids to in- improve the football numbers and kind of get, get Sweeney uh, back on the right track. Okay, and finally, last one I want to bring up, and then I'll open up the floor, any other ones you want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Willard leaves uh, to become the offensive coordinator at Tyler Legacy. Uh, there's a there's a connection there uh, with with uh, Tyler Le- Legacy. Uh, Bo Trahan, who's the new head coach there at Tyler Legacy, the former uh, uh, Tulsa quarterbacks coach. Um, they were grad assistant uh, uh, together at Baylor, uh, so they know each other well. That's not necessarily surprising, but I think there's certainly going to be some people who are looking at this and saying, wait a second, you're leaving a successful gig at Mount Vernon to go be an offensive coordinator. Uh, would, can, can you, is, is this just about relationships? I think it's partly about relationships. And I think it's a, if, if we're talking about predictions for next year and looking mm-hmm. at, I think it's a major red flag. When we're looking at Mount Vernon uh, mm-hmm. to be possibly taking a step back next year. You know, they lose a really good senior class They're you know, they're, they're, Boone Morris is still there, one of the one of the better defensive linemen in East Texas, but offensively they they're they're gutted, and yeah. so it's I think that's a real for me red flag type of thing that that someone leaves a job where he's gone. I want to say twenty three and four in two years, and taking uh, an offensive coordinator job. I think it's a major red flag. If I had to guess, I would say it's a sign that Mount Vernon is probably going to take a big step back uh, next year. Um, I think uh, other jobs that kind of intri- intrigued me, mm-hmm. other recent hires, I would say, uh, you know, obviously Chad Rogers going to Sanger, I think is, yeah. is a really interesting hire. Chad Rogers, uh, what best known for his time at Snyder, um, did a good job there. Dennis was only at Tioga for two years. Tioga ISD has got major financial issues. They had to lay off, I believe, 20 teachers oh, uh, at the semester. And we're talking about a 2A school here. Laying off twenty teachers. That, in the might, that might be half the staff, honestly. Yeah, you know, laying they don't. They're in, the Chad Rogers. Every administrator got their their salaries cut. No contracts are guaranteed next year. I mean, it's mm. a it's a mess. So he got out of there. Sanger, uh, good play. I, I think he did. Rocky Smart did a good job there. He's taking over a team that was seven and four last year. Should be pretty competitive. Um, that, that that's one. Um. Talk about here's here's an interesting hire. Wolf City hires Brad Smithy from Corpus Christi West Sosto. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting hire there. Smithy, well thought of in Corpus Christi area, got the Bears to the playoffs last year, Te- coming all the way up to Northeast Texas there, north northeast of the Metroplex uh, to take over at, at 2A Wolf City was was an interesting hire for me. And then um, 
Brownsville Veterans Memorial. Remember Kelly Lee uh, left Brownsville Vets after taking their best best season in school history, goes back to Eastern New Mexico to be the head coach. Uh, they promote defensive coordinator Jose Ramirez to be the head coach. Again, you have that kind of unprecedented success. You reward that success and promote from within. Jose Ramirez, the defensive coordinator, is the new head coach there at Brownsville Veterans Memorial. Uh, it is a very intriguing time of year. Make sure TexasFootball.com yes. is – uh, where you're at because 110 are, it's it's 110 tepper we've 110 geez. coaching changes so far in uio 11 man and it's february geez. 20th it is it is uh fast and furious across uh the state so uh, textfootball.com for all of that all right matthew <clears throat> it's now time to uh oh that's that's right i've got this mail here I, you told I me you got the, a letter. You got a letter in today. I check the I check the the, the Tep and Step mailbox. I don't check it very often, but I did find this letter. And and with your permission, I mean, I'll, I'll just open it up and we can take a look at it. If that's okay. Let's, let's take a look. Okay. All right. Oh. It, okay. It's it's a letter. It's weird. It's it's post dated. It's post dated February twentieth, twenty twenty four. That's rather odd okay you know we'll take, we'll take a look here okay oh my goodness dear Teppenstep, hey it's me your old pal hubert from the hubert. future hubert. oh my gosh remember oh. remember me from episode 119 I'm back and definitely not a convoluted narrative device through which you can make some projections about the 2023 Texas high school football season. Wow, Hubert. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Good to hear oh, from man. you. Um, but, like, I got to be honest. I don't necessarily remember what he what he told us was going to happen. Oh, hold on. Let me keep reading. I'm sorry. Let me keep reading. All right. This is correction value. I know you were skeptical when I wrote you last year, but check the tape, buttheads. Okay, well, he wrote down what, uh, what what he predicted from last year. Uh, okay, uh, well, here's what he said was going to happen. A first-year coach would lead his led his team to the state championship. Well, well that's right. There are a couple yeah. of them, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, a team found out the hard way that moving up in realignment is really tough. Yeah, I mean, certainly that, 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 that happened. <laughs> a first-year UIL program surprised everyone. Uh, yeah, I think there are a couple. Uh, yeah, hello, uh, West Plains. Hello, West Plains. Hello, San Antonio Davenport. Hello, I would even say Lake Belton. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. A district got all four teams into the regional semifinals. That that happened too. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. And then finally, a team made it to its first ever state championship game. Wow, okay. like Unbelievable. Hubert, Hubert knew what he was talking about. Let me, let me keep reading here. Do you believe me now? Well, good news I've got five more things to tell you that are going to happen in the 2023 season. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Man. Hubert. What a look into the future. I feel like Man. this Cleo here. Uh, thanks, Hubert, our friend who is definitely not just a segment device. Uh, all right. So let's take a look at what Hubert says is going to happen in the 2023 season. And, uh, well, okay. He did the thing again where he's just kind of, He's kind of vaguely saying them. Uh, he's not telling us exactly who's going to win the state championship. So let's see if so we, we can. We got to guess. Let's see if we can read the tea leaves here and see who's talking. Okay. 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 Here's, here's, here's the first one. Okay. A team that lost the title game in 2022 won it in 2023. Huh. A team that okay. lost it in 2022 won it in 2023. Who do you think he's talking about? North Shore. Oh. The revenge tour is on. North Shore, Caleb Bailey. The Caleb Bailey revenge tour uh, commences this year. Yes, that's okay. my guess. All right, um, I might. Ugh, it's tough. I might go with Brock. Yeah. Um, Brock was a hard luck loser in the state championship game. Franklin's still there, and they're the two time defending champs. But they are losing Bryson Washington and uh, a couple of other key pieces. It might be Brock. Brock. Refurio. Refurio. back too. Yeah. Refurio was super, super, uh, super young as well. Uh, could be Refurio. Could be Mart. I think Mart. You know, wouldn't be surprised at all mm-hmm. to see them get back there and do that. So let me let me continue on with with what Hubert's letter says. Let get the letter out. A first year coach 
took his team to their best season in decades. Hmm. Took took his team to their took his team to their best season in decades. That's uh, this is a tougher one, okay? Because you know he could be talking about a coach that hasn't been hired yet, and he could be. Yes, we're t- he's we in the future, that. so we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <sighs> That's our go out. Off, I'm going to go off the board here a little bit on this one. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on Kingsville. Mm. I really like Ruben Garcia and some of the energy he's bringing to the program. The bar is low. They haven't been very good for a long time there at Kingsville. I think they may have had a nine-win season in 2012. That's probably – that's more than a decade, so I'll go with mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I think after that, they haven't won more than three or four games in a year. I think Ruben Garcia in year one at Kingsville is going to turn things around, and the Bra- the Bramas are going to be a lot better than people think down on the coast. Just keep an eye on Kingsville. Okay, that's that is a that's a very intriguing choice there. I I think I am going to go with Chris Lancaster at Robinson. Okay, because now I got to check uh, what's Robinson's last really good year. Make sure I'm not uh, putting my. They had a third out. round run, not terribly long ago. Robinson. Uh, yeah, in, in, so in 2016, they went 9-3. and three, And in 2014, they went 8-5. Uh, and five. So they have not had, let's put it this way. Robinson has not had a 10-win season since 2006. Uh, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I like Chris Lancaster yeah. a lot. I think 2006 was the year they played for a state championship. So Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. So yeah. um, that's more than a decade. So yeah, I'm going to go with, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Chris Lancaster at, at Robinson. I think he's going to have an opportunity to make some noise. Okay, let's. Get the letter back out. Get the letter. A defending state champ didn't win a playoff game. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So, which team is going from the top to the bottom? I think if I had to guess, uh-huh. this is really weird to say too because of the the success they've had. But if I had to guess, I'd say Franklin. Ooh. Here's why. They okay. lose a lot. Mm-hmm. They are in a brutal, brutal region. They're going to have a really tough first round matchup, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Remember, Lorena lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. Three mm-hmm. A Division One, Region Three, Franklin. They're in the same district as Lorena, so mm-hmm. I, I could see I could see Lorena flipping the script, beating beating Franklin this year in district play. Franklin having a two seed. And having a really tough first round matchup uh, against you know Columbus or Hitchcock and the, one of those two teams beating Franklin. So if I had to guess, that's a tough one because it doesn't usually happen. But I'd say Franklin. Yeah, that's probably one. I will go a little bit off the board here, and, and maybe I'm cheating here. Um, Benjamin. Um, okay. First of all, they're getting wiped out by graduation. They got really hard by graduation. Of course, they've got that guy in Grayson Rigdon. Yeah, but is he gonna? But it, I, it, I'm not it, a six man guy. But is he even gonna be there next year? Is he gonna stick around? That is, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's the hot rumblings that he may be on the move again. And if he's not, then he may be. Then, then Benjamin may be in peril of of uh, something like that. So, okay, that's a that's bold there from, uh, from mm-hmm. Hubert. I mean, he, he was right all last year. A non-DFW region of the state emerged as the power center of Texas high school football. A non-DFW region. So last year, I think it's fair to say that DFW was the power center of the state. For sure, Texas for sure. All right, so he's saying it's not going to be DFW. What region of the state is going to emerge as the power center? If I had to guess, I mean, it's, it's t- the DFW teams at one state all bring back a ton. You know, yeah. South Oak Cliff, Alito. Duncanville, DeSoto, all bring back a lot, so it's gonna be mm-hmm. tough for another another region to take the power away from DFW. If I just say, maybe it swings the pendulum goes back to Houston a little bit next year. Maybe, uh, yeah, that's kind of my guess. Maybe Houston kind of takes some takes some shine back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that might be it. I, I could see that. Um, I could also, I could also see like East Texas having like a big revival next year. Yeah, they, uh, the East Texas last year they had like six or seven teams in the semifinals, yeah. And then other than Carthage, they all got wiped out. Yeah, so it could be something like East Texas that makes that makes it uh, uh, about them there in twenty twenty three. So that's interesting. Okay, one last one from Hubert, our friend from the future. Production value. 
A team won its first ever state championship. A team won its first ever state championship. I wonder wonder who that could be. I have one guess. And I'm okay. praying to God they didn't win a state championship like in the 30s or 40s, and I just missed it. <laughs> up, pull up, pull up, pinch case. Yeah. Uh, Timpson. Mm. It's Terry, but first off, they, they haven't won one, have they? They have not. Okay, I'm going with Timpson, and it's it's Terry Bussey's senior year. Mm-hmm. They bring back 20 starters, I believe is the number that I heard. They've got experience, and they've got two 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 Division One players, one transcendent player, our Mister Texas Football of the Year player of the year last year, Terry Bussey. I'm saying Timpson. Okay, I think that's shout out have- shout out to Hudson Standish by the way for that so, one. So so I agree. I like. I like Timpson a lot. I want to be very clear that I agree with you. I'm only saying this to be a little bit different and perhaps a little bit controversial. Okay? Okay. Ready? Lancaster. Okay. I think Lancaster can do it. They're pretty loaded. They are going to have speed all over the field. They've got playmakers. They were, were, all things considered, kind of young last year, like Mm -hmm. in a lot of the key spots. A lot of those guys are going to be back with a year under their belt. It's a second year for Coach uh, – or, or it's a third year third for, year, for yeah. Coach Leon Paul. Um, now, you know, they'll have to earn it because, you know, Alito does exist and Longview does exist within their own district. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I think I think it could be Lancaster. Okay. Uh, they, could, they, could, they could make that run. So – Anyway, uh, there's, there's, that's what a, what a nice surprise to get another letter from Hubert, and what a surprise that it came during the time when we needed a segment for the show. I can't believe it. Hubert always comes through in the dregs of the off season, doesn't he? Thanks, Thank Hubert. Hubert. Yeah, we, we <laughs> love you. Your courage. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber and Step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next time on Tepid Stuff.